This is no but for real. Nah, but for real. Tell me how I feel. We on the fire. Tell me what up, everybody. I'm Dave. I'm Jazzy. And welcome to your favorite podcast, Nah, but for real. For real. We back. We ain't never left. <laughs> we back from last week. Come on, we can be back. True. We yeah, back we from back. last week. Um, <laughs> no, um, welcome to the show. Podcast that talks about everything introspection and also every other thing, too. We just be talking. Absolutely. Um, and so, yeah, it's a beautiful day. Day. Repping my red scare today. <laughs> it is. It's nice out today. It ain't 98 degrees outside. It's not. I was hot. No, I don't know what the degrees is, though, but. This one was supposed <laughs> to be like 82. That's uh, not too bad. No. The not moment really. you get past 85, I'm staying in the house. That's just me, though. You're going to be outside. Inside, outside. Outside the house, but I'm going to be inside somewhere. <laughs> That's, that's how it go with me. Um, so it's a beautiful day. <laughs> it is a beautiful day. I mean, if you saw beautiful my sunny if day. you saw my last post on IG, you gotta find something to celebrate. Life is too short. You gotta find something to be grateful for every morning. Yeah. And what am I grateful for? The fact that it ain't hot as hell outside. <laughs> At least um, we're not sweating I'm our butts off. Celebrating that today, especially because going to the Reds game later on, taking the kids and um, what did the, what did the Reds do? Did they do something or was they disappointing? No, we going today. Oh, I thought it was because it was one yesterday, right? Yeah, they yeah, won yesterday. yesterday. Oh, they won yesterday. Okay, period. Yeah, we got free tickets, so I was like, we going, whatever. Um, That's the only way I can watch baseball. It's live like that. I can't watch it on TV. No, I can't either. It's just so boring. But at the game, it's like a whole different sport. Like, what's going on? I'll right. be so into it. But watching it is like, okay, I'm about to go to sleep. Right. Um, can't watch it now. No. Yeah. It's not like basketball or football. I, you just, I don't even feel like I can watch. I mean, you, I can watch football at home. That's the only sport I yeah, can like, watch at home. Everything else is like, I got to be You can't even watch basketball at home? During the finals, where I know, That's like. it? Yeah, like like I know, like all right, you went to the next, but like the regular season, just be like, uh, eh. yeah, I don't know. Okay. I'm a football person. I like football. That's my favorite sport, as far as like watching it and stuff. That's because she's violent and <laughs> you want to hit stuff. I've always liked football players, so maybe that's why it went down to. She's also very being my favorite sport. <laughs> she's very violent. That's what that is. I am not very violent. I'm why kidding. would you? Why would you I'm say such kidding. A my husband is out there listening. You know, I don't want him to <laughs> She's abusive. <laughs> don't do it. No. Um, it's all good. It's all good. How was your week? Uh, how was my week? What did I do? Mm, I would say this week was a little bit of a turning point for me. I've been going through a lot of things. And um, I'm, I, started, I started to... Um, get out of it, I guess, and start, like, choosing uh, to do certain things that makes me happy again. Um, so my week was good, I would say, um, deciding to get myself back up again and, and join reality. Um, I shut down for a, a week or two, I feel like, where I was, like, I literally barely got out of bed. Um, 
I finally got up, cleaned my house up, you know, got back to work. So it was a good week. Um, good. Not a great week, but a good week. So I'm just moving right along here. Good, good. <laughs> How was your week? Rough. It was rough? Um, Why rough? I was in the hospital. Oh, yeah. I was in the hospital Tuesday. No, no, no. This was Wednesday. Yeah. I don't even, like, so it was like 2 a.m., woke up in the worst stomach pain of my life. Mm. Like, it wasn't even like stomach my... Stomach pain is the worst, too. It wasn't even stomach like, and mouth pain. It wasn't even like my full stomach. It was like my left side. And I'm like, what is this? Like, got to the bathroom, threw up everything. Like, and so, quick story, because I'm so over it, I don't want to talk about it. Right. Um, Went to the hospital. Christ. Didn't you say you went to two? I'm sorry. Didn't you say you two. went to two emergency rooms? Yes. <laughs> Only you will be like, nah, this ain't going to work. I'm going to go somewhere else. Went to Christ Hospital, which I don't even know why it's called Christ. It needs to be called Satan's Hospital <laughs> because they are the absolute worst. Really? Literally the hospital from hell. Went in there. Checked in. I'm in excruciating pain. The worst pain I've ever been in my life. Mm. One and a half hours goes by. Still nothing. Mind you, I'm still like throwing up in the bathroom, everything. Mm. Man looks at me. He was like, we've been here six hours. I said, oh, no. Uh-uh. You was there six hours? No, no, no. There was a, some other people oh, there. Oh, they were there six and hours. looked at me and was like, hey, we've been here six hours. Another couple that was there. Um, was there four hours. I said, yeah, I'm getting out of here. Yeah. So I went to Good Samaritan because all of them is Good Samaritans over there. Right. Wait was 40 minutes. Um, and the staff was great. Um, found out I had a kidney stone. Mm. Um, which I have never had that. What do you? Life. How do you get kidney stones? Did you... Just not taking care of yourself. Oh, not okay. Resting, not drinking water, not eating right, which was everything I was doing within that last week. So yeah. Um, I uh, yeah, I had a kidney stone. Took me in, laid me on the bed, plugged me up to the IV, hydrated me up, whatever drugs they give. At this hospital. They was potent, huh? They hit. <laughs> I see why people, like, when I say instant, I was like, cool, where are we going? Like, look, I need to get up out of here. They was like, well, we got to do a CAT scan and all that. I was like, all right, hurry up. Right. So you can get back to overworking yourself. And I don't like hospitals, so get me out. What is the thing with men in hospitals? I feel like no man likes hospitals. I don't get it. Why do y'all hate hospitals? I don't know why the rest of them hate <laughs> hospitals. I hate hospitals. I just don't, I don't like seeing people in distress like that. Oh, okay. Like, I just can't. And it was like people in there who was like going through it. I mean, and I, to see people in that type of place, I'm, it's very hard for me. So I'm like, yeah, get me out of here. I wonder if it has something to do with like being weak and vulnerable, like, Men don't want to be like laid out, helpless, hopeless Please. type of thing. I ain't that prideful. They gave me, <laughs> they laid me on that bed. They were like, "Would you like a blanket?" I said, "Yes, ma'am." 
came. They took it out the blanket warmer. <laughs> yes, they do that. Put joint on me. Oh, it <laughs> felt like a warm hug from Jesus himself. Oh, it was so nice. Nah, them blankets do be hitting though. And, um, yeah, so. How do you feel now? I feel great. I'm still in a little pain um, because my abs are literally sore from just puking up the mm. water and then nothing. Like, when I say it was rough, it started at 2 a.m. I didn't get home to about 7.30 in the morning, mm. and I just rested the whole day. I literally slept the whole day. Mm. Um, and then, like, the next day, came to the studio, did a little bit, and then I went home early. Um, so just little by little, like, my diet, completely different now. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. A little... So we talked about that, remember? It was like a... You even said it. You was like, listen, if you don't take care of your body, your, your body bo will tell, your, your yeah. body will like shut down on its own. Like yeah. your body will do, you know, what it needs to do, basically. And, and one thing with me, it takes one time. One. Because when yeah. I say I'm never going through this again, <laughs> the amount of water I've drank in the past <laughs> Look, you get that gallon in this Wednesday, time. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, I got it right here. I know that's right. I got it right here. I mean, I'll be chugging accountability. this Accountability. Look at that accountability Damn. over there. Look at Damn. that introspection. I was like, yeah, I'm never going through this again. <laughs> um, I'm about to be in the best shape of my life come my birthday, September 1st, which Period. is in a month and a half. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, mm-mm. Yeah. They say it's like the closest thing to pregnancy, but pregnancy is worse. I don't, I never uh, needed Lord. to know. Right. I never needed to know that. I don't, <laughs> I don't care. Like that's disrespectful like, <laughs> to us women. Well, it was a woman that told me that, but I'm just like, I don't care what's close to pregnancy. <laughs> I don't want to go through it. I don't. I'm right. good. Like I'm cool. You don't. But <laughs> you definitely you know, don't. People checked in, which I'm grateful for, and everything. Other yeah. than that, my week was cool. Uh, other than that. <laughs> other than that, my other week than was. Other than being in pain and. <laughs> um, that's happy. Yeah. So. Well, I'm glad you're uh, getting healthy. Yeah. Uh, it's a, a tough start, but I got to do it's it. It's a journey. Listen. I got to do it. Ain't no such thing as diets. Like, I don't believe in it. It's lifestyle changes, you know? Like, yeah, you got to be conscious of decisions throughout it's a your mindset journey change. of being healthy. Yeah. It's a mindset change. And yeah. one thing that's going to change your mind is being in pain for four hours. Yeah. No, I'm good. I'm cool. Mm, just to think if um, you would have stayed at Christ, you would have still been there. I would have been there right now. We would not be shooting today. You would have still been there. Just found out that you got to get They need though. to shut <laughs> that place down. There's, I wonder what's going on in there. I don't care. <laughs> I'm sure people complain about our hospitals. Though. It probably just depends on who working that day. People are just... And what's crazy is, like, job. people was asking the the lady at the front desk, like, do y'all not have enough staff? Or, like, she was like, we're just, you know, we're... They're just unorganized and don't know what they're doing. But she wasn't even giving straight answers. It's just like, if you don't know, say you don't know. Right. Like, at mm -mm. least you, we know you don't know. So, yeah, all that went down. But I'm all right. I'm good. Um... Like I said, today's a beautiful day. <laughs> today's and, a beautiful day. You know, we hear shoe today. Great. Not but for real day. All right. So, 
This next segment is called Let's Get Personal. Let's get personal. What are we getting personal about? We already did. Maybe it's something we already did. Your significant other catches a case and is going to be locked up for a long time. Would you hold them down or leave? Explain. It depends on what they in for. <laughs> um, let's just assume they're in for something that wouldn't affect your decision to leave or but stay. But what would that be, though? Like um, Like if you stole something, no, nah, I ain't going nowhere. If you killed somebody... I don't really know what to tell you because you going you you probably going in for life. So, but why would your significant other just up and be a murderer? Like it would have to be a reason. Maybe it was self defense. Maybe it was like I don't know. Maybe it was self defense, but life, nigga. Like no. So getting locked up for a long time. Um, life is anything. a long time. No, that was, that is their life. Um, but no. Oh, I you're mean, saying if you kill somebody, meaning like that, you're gonna be locked up for life. Yeah. So how I'm gonna hold you down? <laughs> your life's over. Yeah. Life. You're dying in that jail. <laughs> so and you think I'm gonna wait? <laughs> wait for what? Uh-uh. <laughs> wait for you to die? <laughs> uh-uh. You in there for a long time, and I'm gonna collect that insurance money, and it's gonna be fine. Okay, so let's give us a more specific scenario. I don't know what. I, I, <clears throat> Let's just say, okay, five years, three years, two yeah. to five years. Yeah. 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 I can wait. Hmm. I'm a pretty patient person. So, I mean. But, like, yeah, I guess, it, why did, what did you go to jail for? <laughs> and that's, the, that's why I asked. Like, what you in there for? Because that's, that's number because one, really. I'm telling you now, people out here, tax invasion. Uh, yeah, I didn't even think about that. Like. PPP loan? <laughs> well, that's just stupidity. It's people like... Oh, like so when somebody go Drug to trafficking. <laughs> like, you got to take in a lot of... Yeah, I don't know. I can't... I think... Okay, so I got a couple of answers. I feel like, one, I don't really see that happening, depending on who you decide to date, right? Like, I don't see me... And this is the thing. It's not even just me personally because it just depends on who you are and who you decide to date, I guess is what it boils down to. If you decide to date a drug dealer, I feel like, yeah, you should probably hold them down. You knew that was an option. You knew that was possible. You know what I mean? I don't understand how you can <laughs> fall in love with a drug dealer and and then be like, oh, he's in jail, so now... But you knew that was a part of the, that's a part of the game. Some people don't. So know how do you just dip out on your man, knowing that his occupation can lead him to go to jail? He goes to jail and then you leave him. That's kind of messed up, in my opinion. You knew what was going on, and when you got into the situation, she on to the next drug dealer. If that's what you. Yeah, I mean, if, you, if you didn't really love him or whatever, but I mean, that, that just goes to show, like, if somebody really fooled with you or not. You know what I mean? Like, whether you know whether you can provide things from them or not. But that's um, if they getting out. But that's, and that's the thing. Like I said, if you're dating a criminal, if you're dating somebody who's breaking the law and you know that they're breaking the law, and then they go to jail and you diss them, you ditch them, that's kind of weird. But if you have no idea that they're a criminal and they just all of a sudden reveal their criminal to you mm-hmm. and they go to jail, I just feel yeah, like, like that's very, that's a, a very valid reason to not hold IRS, them down. IRS like $75,000. Yeah, like, Hell no. Right, like, I'm out. <laughs> I ain't going you down. You lied to me. Like, you lied no. to me about your character. I don't even know you. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, out. You ain't taking me down with you. 
Ain't nothing in my name. You know what made me think of that movie, High Crimes? Do you remember? Did you have you ever seen High Crimes? You uh-uh. should watch it. It, it, nah. it was literally what we just talked about. Like, her husband was a murderer, a whole murderer. And she she stood beside him. She was a lawyer, stood beside him, got him off and everything I just bet. to find out he really was a murderer for real. Like, so yeah, that's an example of holding people down that you should People shouldn't. don't be knowing. <laughs> Some people don't be knowing. So it, holding people down, yeah. Ignorance is bliss. It varies. Me, I, I feel like it depends. Like I said, if I decided to be with you based on your situation, which I would hope not, but if I do do that, then I probably would hold you down depending on how long you're going to be in there. Yeah. I knew what, what I was getting into, so. That's a hard question because it depends on what the crime is. <laughs> Right, if you kill kids and stuff. Like they put, <laughs> yeah, like if you was... Right, keeping, like if you were really twisted, then like if you was I'm keeping, not holding you down. If you was keeping grannies in your basement, <laughs> no, Man. something's wrong with you. <laughs> that was an interesting question. It was. It's a tough answer, though. It depends, like it I said. really, yeah. I don't know. Depends on what they did. Situational, for sure. Okay, well... What are we talking about? This next segment. Right, you got to introduce it. Hilarious. <laughs> it's called Let's Get Real. What are we getting real about? Uh, So we're going to talk about heartbreak today. Oh, weird. Um, I wanted to talk about heartbreak just because I know it kind of, like, as I was, like, you know, st- doing my little studying and um, preparing or whatever, um, I realized that, you know, it refers a lot to, like, our individuality episode our episode about trauma, um, but it's just more focused on actual heartbreak and not just this general umbrella of trauma because I feel like heartbreak, um, it can make or break you. Like, as far as who you become, um, all of those things, like the decisions that you make when you are heartbroken, Mm -hmm. that can change, you know, the trajectory of your, your life. Um, and I don't think it's taken as seriously um, as it should be. Um, I think that some of us may use heartbreak as an excuse for behavior that we wouldn't normally do if we wasn't heartbroken. You know what I'm saying? And we don't realize that those certain decisions could change who we are. And I think we should be more serious about our heartbreaks and uh, more serious about going through whatever that process is um, and coming out, getting the results that you actually want that's going to better you. Um, Because I think also, and I'm kind of jumping ahead, but I feel like a lot of the decisions we make could result in us changing for the worse, which, which I feel like correlates to the big singleness that we have in our culture. You know what I'm saying? The, oh, being alone and the, you know, the, the singleness that's going on that I'm totally against. I, I wouldn't say that I'm against in the sense that you shouldn't be single, but I feel like we're relational beings and we're supposed to be in relationships. So sometimes I feel like heartbreak can keep us completely away from relationships. And obviously we're relationship advocates. So talking about heartbreak makes sense, right? Because if you're this person that uses that as an excuse to never love again, you're kind of harming yourself. Um, because I feel like you're meant to be in relation and fellowship with people. And obviously this can keep you from doing that. So it was kind of a long like introduction, but that I wanted to, I always like to say why I want to talk about something. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I don't know if you had any thoughts about what I just said, 
but um, like I said, someone can, like I said, your heartbreak can change you for the better or worse. Um, and someone had said that getting over a person, so if we're talking about, you know, what we would normally see when people are heartbroken, um, we'll see all the physical things, like, you know, them trying to, for you know, forget and move on and do mm-hmm. all the physical things, you know, keep being functional, keep going to work, keep striving for greatness and things like that, um, which I don't feel like we have any issue with, um, like, as far as being heartbroken and we make decisions to, like, oh, you know, I'm going to go to work and I'm going to get this bag and all of that. Um, but okay. I, for- I think we skip the emotional step. I think we skip the feeling step. Well, I, um, think, I think that is an emotional response. It's a... Uh... It's a response to pain. So when your body, and we all we all do this, when we sense danger, our go-to is, okay, I need to be in a safe environment. Mm-hmm. So what m- makes you feel safe is going to get the bag, focusing on your career, because it causes you to suppress the pain of the heartbreak. But what that causes is when you start to form relationships because you didn't deal with the emotions of that heartbreak and heal from that heartbreak, all of your relationships are now constructed around it. Yeah. So the moment something happens in a new relationship, and it ain't even got to be romantic. It could be a friendship, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it triggers that heartbreak. Mm-hmm. And so now you cut that off, and now you're heartbroken about that. And now you're heartbroken about the next thing because that didn't work out. You're heartbroken about the next thing. And, um, and it can, like I said, it, can, it don't even have to be romantic. It can be relationships with your job, relationships with your parents, your siblings. And it's really a matter of getting back to a place of healing so you don't build a foundation on these, in these relationships on the heartbreak. Yeah. And I guess... It's it's situational, um, you know, from person to person. I feel like for certain people, if you were to focus on the outer things, like you're out, you know, all the things that you can put on paper, you know, jobs and careers and all that, I think that could be, you know, an emotional response. But I also think it can be a way to avoid emotions, right? Yeah. Um, and so I guess when I, when I said what I said, I was speaking on that, you know, because we can talk about better, like we talked about in the individuality episode, that was basically what that was about, you know, making sure you are who you're supposed to be and focusing on who you're supposed to be, and nothing's wrong with that. But I think that sometimes we can focus on that and not be focused on our internal self and not not be working on us ourselves right. internally. And I think that... Um, I think that's probably one of our biggest downfalls. Like, I feel like the physical part... And, you know, creating new memories, because as someone said, I forget what his name is, Jed, Jay Shetty or something like that. Yeah. He's supposed to be some type of expert. He's, he's dope. Yeah, he's some he's type so of expert dope. in this. And he's, he talked about how you should um, go through a heartbreak in a sense of um, treating the old uh, relationship or the heartbreak like a, uh, like a chocolate cake when you're on a diet. Basically, you know, get rid of it, get rid of its memories um, and like kind of create new ones, kind of create more healthy things, whatever, whatever. But sometimes I feel like we do that 
but we still aren't dealing with ourselves emotionally. So I guess that's the biggest, um, that's the biggest part of this conversation that I want to talk about is that emotional part. Like, are we taking care of that emotional side of the heartbreak? Um, allowing ourselves to feel the feelings and everything. And it not just being about us creating this persona, um, this new persona that we want, but what about how we feel and who we really are and all of that? Um, so I think it's possible, obviously, that you're doing both. It's possible that your feelings and allowing yourself to feel everything is actually what's driving you to become this better person. That's great. But I think I, I just speaking from my personal experience and I see it all the time with friends and family members, we will have this focus on our careers and all of that. And we forget that there's pain that we didn't we've never really dealt with. We never really allowed ourselves to feel. Um, so uh, the whole diet thing, I thought that was dope, creating new memories, you know, treating your like if I was to treat my ex like he was a chocolate cake, I'd get rid of. I'd get, basically get rid of it. I'd get, ri get rid of all mm -hmm. memories of him. Um, but if I'm getting rid of all memories of him, isn't it more easier to not feel um, because I don't have the memories anymore? You know what I'm saying? So it's like it's, uh, allowing myself to not be triggered, is that avoiding how I, is that avoiding my pain? Could that be avoiding my pain? I guess that's what I got out of it when you said it. I think, though, if it's a trigger, you have to feel it. Because right. how do you know what you're trying to avoid if you don't? So it's kind of right. like it's kind of like your. Um, so is it really healthy to kind of like get rid of all your old memories from your heartbreaks? No. You know, and that's and that's what I'm and saying. I, think, I guess that's the discussion because I it's think, like I think though. Is, is the way we look at it is are you going to allow this heartbreak to change your vision on relationships or things like that? Or are you going to use this as a lesson learned and get to know you, get to know who you are in this thing? Because we we're all going to go through heartbreak at some point. Mm -hmm. A lot of us deal with heartbreak as children. That was our first heartbreak. Mm -hmm. And, of course, back then, we didn't know how to deal with it. Yeah. You know? I think the <clears throat> the thing with heartbreak, we get so caught up in trying to hurry up with the feeling instead of just letting it process. Right. Yeah. And um, and I've been guilty of it myself. Because no, I mean nobody wants I am to. Queen of this. Nobody wants to feel hurt. Nobody yeah. wants to feel pain. But that's a part of life. You yeah. can't escape that. However, now that I'm about to be 32, my vision on heartbreak and pain is different. My vision on, you know, how I see pain is like, all right. I can't escape this feeling. But I know this feeling is going to make me better in some way. Like it's making me uh, what they uh, change courses. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe this happened for a reason. Yeah. You know, do I know what that reason is right now? No. And I'll know the reason once I deal with the pain. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. I also do believe 
give yourself some grace, which means if you need to go, just step away for a while to get your mind off of it for a little bit, I think that's okay. Yeah. Just don't get so caught up in trying to escape it that you don't go back to it. Yeah. Because at some point you're going to have to deal with it. And it's better if you deal with it in its infancy than yeah. wait till it's in full grown and now you're trying to battle this thing out. Yeah. Yeah, because I know for me, um, immediately I wanted to feel better. Um, and I thought that, I, I don't know if I thought that that was the right thing to do or if I just, I just feel like that was my immediate thought. As soon as I actually felt the pain and I, it was actual, it was actual physical pain. Um, I, I don't know if I looked up the definition of heartbreak and it talked about it being actual fit. Like it was something I actually felt. It was, I don't know if it's kind of hard to explain, but it was like something in my gut. It was, it hurt it like for real. Yeah. It was a physical pain. Um, so immediately I just wanted to feel better. Like immediately, um, instead of it being like, okay, I am in pain and let me just be in pain. <laughs> immediately I wanted to feel better. So whatever made me feel good at the time I was doing, um, which I think that's like one of the biggest reasons I wanted to talk about heartbreak today, because I think that leads to bad decisions could it lead to good decisions i'm sure it could you know what i mean um but i but i for me it led to bad decisions um it led to me wanting to numb i guess numb myself i didn't know i was numbing myself but i that's what i was doing um thought i, I thought i was taking care of it you know by just kind of like just being a functional person just going about my day and doing what i'm supposed to do <laughs> but um really i was just trying to feel good when really a heartbreak is not for that. You're supposed to feel bad. You're supposed to be in pain. Um, and again, I jumped to trying to feel better. Um, mm -hmm. And I, you know, now I'm really realizing that like, okay, I, I did after a while, um, I, I, you know, did all the things, What's all of the emotional things. A recent pain or something from? Um, no, no, no. This was, you know, my last relationship. Um, I gotcha. You know, this was almost a year ago. I would say probably a year ago because it was like July of last year. Um, but it took me a while to realize, like, okay, I wouldn't say a while, maybe a few months where I was like, okay, Jesse, you ain't dealt with anything. <laughs> you were just out here living life. Um, you're not dealing with the with the pain. Um and I think I think a lot of it, what when it comes to avoiding pain and avoiding feelings, um, I think we do that because of ignorance, because we lack emotional intelligence. I don't necessarily believe that we do it on purpose um, all the time, because I, like I said, some of us may think because we're functional, um, because we're striving for goals, that we're doing what we're supposed to do. Um, but we forget that there's an emotional side. And I think it's the lack of emotional intelligence that we have, which really studying emotion. I've been studying emotional intelligence for a while now. I'm still studying it. Um, I realize I, I lack it a lot. Um, and it really emotional intelligence is just understanding your feelings and, and controlling them in a the sense of basically because intelligence is just like what applied knowledge, like being able to ap apply this 
to a certain rea to a reality to get a certain result that you want. That's what basically intelligence is. So emotional intelligence is basically applying your emotions in a way that you still get a healthy result. Knowing how to control and understand your emotions in a way that creates this healthy result. Right. Um, so I think I like that a lot. Like I will make decisions based off my emotions and um, not really dive deep in them, dive deep in them into a point. So an example, uh, I think it was Jay Shetty again. He said Steve Jobs will go on a roof and scream. Like he will make that a thing. Uh, well, he will go on top of the roof of his building and just scream at the top of his lungs. Like that would be an example of emotional intelligence, intelligence, something that you do that allow yourself to feel, but it doesn't uh, affect, you know, it doesn't fix it. It doesn't create an unhealthy. It doesn't create unhealthy behavior because you're allowing yourself to feel yeah. you're allowing yourself to get it out. You know, whether you go, you know, maybe some people go to the gym. I put that I, I write in my journal. I don't know if that's working or not, but I feel like I can write anything in my journal. There's nothing left off the table. You know, I can write anything in there. All, all the anger, all the sadness, all the... So I get off my emotions by writing. Um, and I'm not sure how, how it's helping or not. It's, it's kind of like a, what do you call it? Uh, a test run for me. Um, do you have anything that you do like that kind of creates this kind of emotional intelligence, something that is a regular lifestyle thing that where you can re regulate your emotions. Um, for me, I have people that I talk to that I trust with certain information where I'm like, look, this is what's going on. I don't need you to fix it. I just need to get it out. Yeah. So I'm going to scream. It's not you. I'm just pissed. Yeah. Let me get this out. Or I'll go um, sit at the piano and I will literally play for two hours straight until I feel better. And um, however, quick pivot. Mm -hmm. um, but it also, and I've been thinking about this recently, what we find therapeutic, oftentimes we get, we use that to escape the healing. Does that make sense? Is that healthy? Yes, it makes sense. Um, maybe at first it's healthy. However, if you continue to use that as an excuse to not handle the issue head on, what caused you the pain? Um, because are you feeling the pain? Or are you feeling better? Are you feeling... Because remember, we just I just said that. Well, like, yeah, are we I mean, trying to feel better or are we allowing ourselves to well, feel bad? Well, I, I think the... Like which feeling, is the better? Feeling the pain gets you to better. However, I think oftentimes we get so caught up in trying to feel better, we use what we use to feel better to suppress the pain. Does that make sense? Because from to me, for me to get past the pain, I need to acknowledge what hurt me. Mm -hmm. Which for some people, it's very hard to do that. Yeah. Um, because nobody wants to go back and relive that memory or, you know, deal with that trauma. Yeah. Um, for me, though, I think it's what helps you speed up the healing process. Because if you did hurt me, especially if we're friends mm -hmm. and we have a relationship, then I need to come to you and be like, listen, listen. 
what you're doing and what you did that hurt me. Mm-hmm. And because I care about our friendship and I care about being the healthiest version of myself, mm-hmm. I can't hold this in mm-hmm. because it's killing me. Yeah. And I refuse to die early because you you hurt me. Like, and there comes a point in time you have to take responsibility for your own healing. Yeah. So I need to share with you, hey, this hurt me. And I'm not saying that I'm I'm upset with you. I was at first. Yeah. But this is I'm telling you this so I don't harbor any internal feelings yeah. of hatred, of um um resentment. Mm-hmm. Or anything like that, because I want to be the best version of myself. Right. Now, how you respond to that is on you. Yeah. But I'm sharing this because, like I said, I deserve to be the best version of myself. Yeah. And I ain't dying for nobody. Jesus died for all of us, so I ain't got to. God bless you. So venting. So venting, you feel like is is a hell, and that makes sense and I don't because even... there it's basically like therapy. Yeah. Like. And inventing is just getting it out. Yeah, it's it's feeling. Yeah, Literally like feeling in real time. Like it's not. I'm I'm not trying to pretend like I'm okay when I'm not. Yeah. So yeah. It, I I need to just get this out real not quick. Not being okay. And it's okay not to be okay. Right. Um. So I put here that it's an autonomic state, which means it's an unconscious control. So being heartbroken. Um, it's something that we unconsciously, it, it, it's, it's, um, guaranteed to happen. It's guaranteed to be, uh, the, to have this feeling basically. Um, and I just thought that was interesting because it, I mean, while it's, it's very obvious, right. That it's automatic, that it's something that's unconscious it's something that, yeah, it's going to happen. You know, I could, if I could control the, the fact that I was heartbroken from my last relationship, I would have definitely controlled it and stopped it, right? I couldn't stop it. It, just, it was just something that was there. Um, and I just found that interesting because we are so good at suppressing something that is so... How is it that we can suppress... Like, I feel like it has to take so much energy that we're not even realizing to suppress something like that that is very um it's like it's guaranteed you're guaranteed to feel something but we are so like we can control suppressing it i just think it's interesting that our body can say you feel sad but we can tell our body that we're not sad and we can walk around like that you know what i'm saying instead of it being like your body is sad. You are sad. This is a sad moment. And the fact that we're able to just wipe that away and act like it's not there is 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 actually amazing when you think about it. It's not amazing in a good way. It's just like an amazing when you think about it as, as far as neuroscience is, is concerned. Because just think about what you're doing to your brain. You know what I'm saying? Because you're in when flight you mode. Were, you are in flight mode. Your body is like, hey, something ain't right. We need to fix it now. And you don't fix it. But in your mind, because we're in flight mode, we we think we're fixing it like that. Like, I just need to get out of here. Yeah. Maybe I'll come back to it later when I'm ready. But right yeah. now, this isn't safe. Yeah. So naturally, we're like, okay, how can I get to a place where I feel safe? Yeah. I mean, it's 
is it's just how we naturally our body has no choice but to feel it but we will suppress it i just think that's a power when you really think about it it's very powerful that we are able to do that so it just speaks to how important choices are you know what i'm saying because the fact that we are able to completely ignore our bodies just goes to show how important choices are and who we become and, and what we end up having. You know what I'm saying? Or not having. Let me ask you, let me ask you this. How do you, I know we're talking about heartbreak, but how do you, what is your initial response to fear? Like, because. Shutting down. Para, para, paralysis. Is that like a, um, that's just like flight mode for you? It's just like. Yeah, I think so. I think it's just like, yeah, it's not wanting to be fearful. Um, and it's not even not wanting to be fearful. It's maybe just like allowing the fear to stop me, allowing the fear to not um, allow me to continue and persevere and and do whatever it is I'm supposed to do. I do that in every aspect of my life. If, if fear will 100% paralyze me, I have to tell myself to get in motion. I have to force myself to get in motion. Um, so yeah, I think naturally I, I get paralyzed. That's, Why you ask? That's interesting to me because I think with heartbreak, it's the same way. But what's interesting is, with, is, with, is with pain, it's kind of like, we have to tell ourselves, okay, heal. Like, this, we need to get out quick. That's our natural instinct, right? Yeah. With fear, it's like, you just, like you just said, you have to encourage yourself to like, okay, I got to get through this if I know this is what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. So I think it's a it's an interesting um, compare and contrast. Like it's like between fear and heartbreak. Fear and heartbreak, right? Um, which I think heartbreak is will lead to fear of other things right um to move forward yes um so that was it, it was just a question that what is your popped in my mind response? um i freeze freeze so paralysis and I, a little bit for you too I, I i get i backtrack and then i get angry because i'm like why am i afraid <laughs> and for real like where is this foundation of fear coming from yeah because other things i'm not afraid to do but this yeah like why am i scared what am i scared for you know people and, uh, say uh like kiki palmer she has said that fear is just, is literally a made-up thing it's not real yeah however i think certain fear is healthy fear I, of the lord is healthy honey I'm going to just say that. Yes. <laughs> when it's interpreted correctly. People fear the devil. I fear God, honey. <laughs> Here's, and the thing with that is people use fear as like a scare tactic when it comes to God. The actual interpretation is respect. Right. But people use fear as like, oh, I can't. But just think about the power of God, though. And, you should and, fear that. In a way, <laughs> that's a little scary. <laughs> right. It's, what's, it's, but what's even what's even more scary to me? Not a bad thing. What's scary to me is that he has all that power and gave me power to choose what I want to do. Yeah. That's actually scarier than anything to me. Yeah. Because I know he has all power, and he gave me dominion to do whatever I want. Yeah. That's that's nuts. Because I'm yeah, like you. Is. But however. It gives me a, 
and we're kind of going off track, but we'll get back to it. <laughs> it gives usual. me it gives me a heart of gratitude because I'm like, dang, like you love me enough to trust me, not to control me, but to to trust me and be like, I know you wild now, but you'll be back. Right. Like that's it. it while it's scary, I'm. It gives it gives me this heart of gratitude. Like, like dang, you love me that much. Like you trust me that much to be like, like I. You already know I'm gonna make this dumb decision, right? And yet you still are like, but you still my son. Yeah. Like, so it's a um. Shut up. <laughs> I thought that was my first. Like, so <laughs> it with that, I mean, like, yeah, I get it. Um, yeah. But back to to heartbreak, I think it's like I said. You were talking about how it's related to fear. Yeah, it's a it's the fight or flight thing, man. And our initial response is to fly away like to suppress our feelings i think that's what um ultimately i think that's what's happening um is that we focus on the doing than the being how we talked about in one of our episodes there's a difference between you know the doing and the being you know we can do all of these things and be the greatest of all these things but we see greats as far as doers who are emotionally messed up yeah. So um, I think I don't feel like our generation and our culture and, um, you know, the people that we're speaking to, I, just, I don't feel like we have an issue in that area. I think our issue is more so internal. Our, in, our issues are more so the being of us. Our issues are more so the emotional part of us. Um, we're so quick to jump on doing um, instead of allowing ourselves to feel. And I said, it seems that it makes sense that there's this domino effect with you know, the heartbreak happens, we don't deal with it, we suppress the feelings, and then bad decisions comes after that. And then you have singleness and people less likely to get married. And like it seems to be this very straight line yeah. to everything we don't want. Um, so I just wanted to point out how important it is to feel because us allowing ourselves to not feel, us suppressing feelings creates a different person and then we wonder why we don't get to the places we want to go and we don't meet the people we want to meet and you know it's because we're not allowing ourselves to be human we're not allowing ourselves to be who we really are or we do meet these people and these opportunities comes and they go straight to hell because you're right. not in your the fullness of who god has called you to be yeah you're not your full complete healed self so it's hard to um really grasp on to these opportunities and the greatness that's in you because you still in flight mode and your go-to is to run. And you've made that such a habit because you won't deal with the, the traumas and the heartbreak and things like that. Mm -hmm. And it's like I said earlier, now the foundation of your life is built on heartbreak, fear, trauma, and everything else. And it's not a stable foundation. Mm -hmm. Anything built on an unstable foundation will at some point fall. Yeah. I don't care. And the taller you build it, the more unstable it becomes. Right. Right. Um, so, yeah, the emotional side of it is very, very big for me. Um, and I, I just, I can't stress it enough. I feel like we got to start feeling. I, I don't know if anybody else struggle with that. I feel like I do. Um, we have to start feeling more, man, is allowing ourselves to feel things. Um, you know, like 
that that chasing a bag that's that's one thing but i think it's interesting that for you it's it's feeling right yeah for me it's expressing the feeling okay so i will feel like if i'm angry you gonna know it yeah if i ain't in the mood you gonna know it if i'm not verbally saying it Mm -hmm. trust me my face my energy everything is saying it yeah the hardest thing for me, based on the trauma that I've had mm-hmm. and the heartbreak that I've had by doing this, is actually being vulnerable. Yeah. Because my vulnerability has been used against me, which honestly is the quickest way to break my heart. Yeah. So if yeah. I if I open myself up, especially if we are in a relationship of some sort, which means I trust you, mm-hmm. if I am vulnerable... And you use that against me, it's hard for me to come back. Yeah. And I think, again, it just goes to how I think a lot of us uh, lack emotional intelligence. And I think that's an example. So, like, if you use vulnerability against someone, you're, you, you don't understand the feeling. And I think that's probably why you're using it against them. Because you don't even understand that this is a vulnerable moment. This is a a moment that someone's being open and transparent, um, which is a noble, dope thing. Um, but we will look at it like it's not, and we'll look at it as a weakness thing, and we'll look at it as a way to stigmatize each other um, and make it seem like something's wrong with you and all of these things. That's, I mean, is that is that it, first before? Is that what you mean by use it against you? Yeah, yeah like, like I'm like you, you tell use, me something. I know I did that with my ex a thousand you times. You use my vulnerability as a weapon against yes. me. Yes, yes, and I think I I did that because I didn't understand emotions like I do now. I didn't understand the importance of somebody, how monumental that is for somebody to trust you with their vulnerability, their naked, open self. Um, if they trust you with it. That means they trust you with their feelings. Um, they want they want validation of their feelings. It's not really for you to fix anything, like you said, um, which is the same thing. So, so for me, I know that I'm more of a fixer than a listener. Now I'm not. Now I'm trying to become different, right? Be more of a listener than a fixer. Um, but I know, like in, in my situation with my ex, I stigmatized him a lot. But I was I wasn't intentionally trying to stigmatize him. I thought I was trying to help him. You know what I mean? Like, so you'll tell me something, a flaw of yours. You'll be open with me about something. You're vulnerable. And then something else will come up that will relate to that. And it's like, oh, see, you remember you told me this. So that's re- that to me, you being vulnerable, I used as evidence that something was wrong with you. So when we get into an argument, now I have all this evidence of you being vulnerable and telling me all these things. I have evidence like, oh, you're the problem. This is your situation. Go get help. You know what I mean? Type right. of thing, if that makes sense. And I, I think I only did that because I didn't understand the emotional side of what he was doing. Um, I was just trying to be the fixer instead of it being, this is a feeling thing. A feeling thing can sit on its own. We don't always have to take it to a situation that has to be fixed. You sh- we should be able to just sit in our feelings and talk about our feelings and let it just be that because that is a part of our human nature. And, and I think we kind of dilute that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come back to that. Another way that it's used as a weapon, 
and most people don't talk about this because a lot of people don't think this is or don't even know this. It's when I am vulnerable and you completely ignore it. Yep. That's happened to me a thousand times. And now. so when I express how I feel and you hit me with the, you tripping, that's great. It'll whatever. be all right. Or it's just like, uh, or they'll like downplay it like, uh, I mean, well, uh, you could try this or try or they, that. Or, or they gaslight you like how your feelings aren't valid. Like I'm just making this up yeah. out of the clear blue, even though some people do. <laughs> some people do. I ain't gonna hold you. <laughs> I might have dated we once or twice. About, <laughs> we, we gonna talk about that later on. And did that really happen? <laughs> okay. Oh my god. But there are some. There are people who will literally look at you and you're expressing how you feel and be like, "No, that's not true." Yeah. Which is a complete narcissist, by the way. Yeah. Um, because they're saying their reality. And your reality has to be the same in order yeah. for it to make sense to them. Yeah. Ooh, that was good. Inserting yourself, period. That is like one of the biggest things that I realized that I do that I hate doing now. Like to the point where it's like I probably should insert myself sometimes, but I don't because I hate that I used to do it so much. Like somebody coming to me with their issues and I'll just insert myself, whether I'm relating to it. It's just like. All of that, I don't know what you call it. Narcissist, I don't know what it is, but I just feel like it's all bad listening. It's all... Um, I think with that, though, some people do it so they also know, hey, you're not alone. Yeah. Like, you're not an anomaly in this. Yeah. Or you're not a monolith. Like, I've gone through this also. Yeah. So, just so you know, you're not in this alone. Yeah. Now, there are other people who will insert themselves because they haven't dealt with their own thing. Or it's like, mine was worse. So yours is like, eh. Because mine, look, listen. You lost your mom? I lost my mom and my dad. Like, that's invalidating feelings. Right. The it can always be worse mentality. Yeah. It's the most toxic thing. It's dismissive. Thing. It's so dismissive. Yeah, you feel that way. But and it can honestly, always be worse. That's. I think that's probably the biggest reason I don't, I'm not vulnerable with people. Because I feel like. It's never taken seriously. Like, I'll, like, because first of all, I'm not very vulnerable. So, anybody I'm around, if I'm vulnerable to them, they don't even recognize it. Like, I feel like a normal person or, you know, somebody who's vulnerable all the time would recognize it. Like, with me and my ex, he was vulnerable a lot. I wasn't. So, when he was vulnerable, it was just like, I didn't handle it correctly, but it was still like normal. And when I was, I was vulnerable, he was looking at, you know, I don't think he even realized that I was vulnerable because I, rarely was vulnerable so yeah. in the two years that we were together i probably was vulnerable like five times and each time he completely dismissed it because he probably didn't even realize that's what it was like that was a time to listen that was a time to um and, and i realized like for me that's that's what made me like not even want to do it because a lot of times you'll try to be vulnerable with people and they just don't like it's what was the point like you don't and and i will say this about us men um Normally, I don't really like generalizations, but there are some things us men have in common. Um, I think there's a lot of things, but okay. I mean, like, <laughs> emotionally. Um, most times, we aren't aware uh, of, like, you have to talk to us, like, especially when it comes to women. We don't know what it is to be like that. Yeah. So, you got to talk to me like I'm a five-year-old. Like, yeah. like, hey, this is me being vulnerable. Yeah. I need you to 
like, hey, like, I yeah. need you to listen. Yeah. If you don't do that, we're we've never seen you do this before, so yeah. we don't know. Yeah. What this looks like. Yeah. So you're gonna and you're gonna repeat yourself at least a billion times, depending yeah. on how long you're together. But you have to also be aware, even in your vulnerability, like. Okay, you're not you're not catching what I'm saying. So let me tell you what I'm doing right now. Right. So I can bring you down here cuz you way up here and you thinking you just got to be right. Yeah. It's not about right or wrong. Yeah. This is just how I feel. Yeah. And I'm trying to communicate that with you. Yeah. Now, and that's all emotional intelligence, I feel like. Yeah. Or just being aware of your feelings, understanding them, um you know, that, that'll help you in relationships, obviously, right? Because you're able to do that, right? Me, and in the situation, like, with my last relationship, I didn't know I was being, I didn't know that that's what I was doing. I go back now and look, and I'm like, oh, you know, that was a time where, you know, that could have been a, a game changer for me to be more comfortable being vulnerable, but it didn't because it was shut down right. and all of those things. Um, dang, I forgot where I was going with that, but... Yeah, oh, that was just saying that it's it's just an example of emotional intelligence, being able to understand your feelings so that you can explain them, so that you can, um, so whatever it, that you want to happen out of that vulnerability, you can explain that. Right. Um, yeah. So I just think emotional intelligence is very important, and I think that we sleep on it. Um, you know, we, we focus on everything else, but our emotions is a part of our DNA. It's not going anywhere. No. And I, when, at what point did it, like, I feel like, like, because when I was in high school, I didn't have this problem. Like, I was an emotional wreck. Like, I will cry at the, at the drop of a dime right in the classroom. I would be so emotional, so vulnerable. Like, I didn't care if, if like, I had a boyfriend in high school. He would break up with me. Everybody knew I was sad about it. I never tried to hide it. At what point do you feel like it got to a point where it was like it wasn't cool to be sad about a breakup? Like it was, it was more cool to get out here and on to the next, on to the next. Like um, when, when, what happened to us? I actually remember the day it happened to me. To what? Like it not being cool to be emotional no more? Um, no, where I became emotionless. I remember the exact day. It actually happened from my, it was my first heartbreak in high school. You became emotionless in high school? Wow. It was actually, I just graduated and she broke up with me two days before my birthday. Oh. And I, I felt it all, felt it all. And my go to was all right, I'm never going to experience this again. I'm done. I'm good. Aww. Like, I never want to feel this again. Yeah. And so, um, and as a as a kid, I don't know what I'm doing to myself. Yeah. I'm just in flight mode. Like, and so, um, yeah. So for I, you, you you feel like, I'm sorry, did you need another thought? No, I was just going to say, um, from, it was just a matter of I cried, heart was broken, and I was like, cool, I don't care about nothing like i don't care what people think of me i don't care now that part is still true now <laughs> um but other things were a, it was like a domino effect yeah um it was just like the moment i felt heartbreak 
my go-to was to just be like, all right, I'm done. Yeah. Cool. Like, so for you, it wasn't like a trend thing. It was more so like an experience just created this emotionless person. Yeah. And it was, we just talked about that, like how heartbreak changes you and it can change you for the worse if you don't deal with your emotions. And that was an example. Right. Um, and it was, it, it started from, I was just a kid in high school, just graduated. Yeah. First heartbreak. And I mean, I ain't talk to nobody, do nothing, felt the whole thing. But my response to it was, well, I'm just not going to feel. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I agree with you. Um, like, I'm kind of, I, I guess I was, I'm kind of like stuck in like the now, like the now mode Whereas, like, it's it's now cool. It seems to be a trend to be yeah. emotionless. Yeah. But you kind of took it to the root. Like, it's really from experiences, you know, experiencing heartbreak and allowing that to change your beliefs and thoughts and feelings about certain things, yeah. which that makes sense, right? I feel like that's probably where, is what it came from. Now, it, now it's cool, but it's really us crying for help. You know, the, the first right. person to say... I don't want a relationship. I don't want love and all that. They want love the most. Right. Or they hit you with the, I don't need nobody. Yeah. And no. Then that means you experience abandonment. Yeah. And yeah. it's just like you you are running away from everything, man. Like you got, you need people. You need relationships. Heartbreaks are just, and that's what I had to learn too. Like this stuff is just going to happen. It's going to happen. Whether you like it or not. <laughs> It's like, man, Lord. You cannot escape it, but it's for the betterment of you. And what sucks, it sucks so bad. All of it sucks. Nine times out of ten, it's not going to be your fault. Yeah. And there's nothing you can do about it. So, studies show that heartbreak and grief from death are the exact same. I had that thought earlier. It Isn't that nuts? I think that's same. nuts. Thing. It's the exact same thing. The exact same thing. They still there, but it's treated. It's it's literally in our brains. As far as our brains is concerned, a loss is a loss. Right. And I think that's deep. And that's what I mean. That's what heartbreak is. You're grieving the loss. I remember of you was telling me that when I broke when I when I broke up with my ex. Like you're you're in a grieving process right now. Yeah. And you are you just have to be. Like, you can't run from it. Like, when I lost my grandfather earlier this year, man, it was so hard. Yeah. Because that was my guy. Like, yeah. And um, I remembered everything from when he married my grandmother to the day he passed. Yeah. And it was just like all these memories came flooding back. Yeah. And I remember like, man, like, that's yes. all I got now. Yeah. Cause he's not here. Yeah. And it's just like, and then you you get hit with the man. Should I should have called more? Yeah. I should have done more. I should have went yeah. to go see him more. Cause now he's not here. All the emotions, all the emotions come up, and, and I just it's all heartbreak, and it's it sucks, and it's it's the grieving process. Yeah. I just think it's interesting because studies may show us the exact same, but it's not treated the same at all. Uh, yeah, I would agree. So, some case. You, I think some of us take take death hard. We feel that. Yeah. Uh, but we take breakups way lighter, right? Um, mm -hmm. maybe not all of us, but I think 
majority of us, and I, I think there's, a, I think in front of it, a uh, majority of us take death way harder, take grief of loss of a person that's no longer in this earth, on this earth anymore, way harder than a breakup. When studies show neural, <laughs> our brains is looking at it the exact same way. So why am I stressing that? I'm stressing that because we obviously need to probably be treating breakups in that same seriousness that we treat the grief of death. Yeah, Um, because the relationship is dead now. Right. And um, I just think that, you know, that's that's monumental for me to for that for whatever. Because, y'all know, I, I like to study the brain and all of that. Whatever is going on in your brain during a, a death, when you're grieving a death, um, that same exact thing is going on in your brain when you're grieving someone that you broke up with or vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, just so to know that for me lets me know how important it is to feel and go through that process that you're supposed to go through. Whatever you feel from the breakup, you're supposed to allow yourself to feel it. No different than the, you know... The death thing. I don't know if people are familiar with. I don't know if you're familiar with. Uh, what is the show called? All American, and he had lost. He had lost at least like three people, and the last person he lost was his coach, which was like a big father figure to him. But he lost his father beforehand. Right. When he lost his coach, he like shut down. He never dealt with it. He had to go see a therapist. A therapist had to bring it out of him, where he finally broke down and was like, "Yes, I'm sad. I lost my coach." But before then, you know, he was just going on with life, like trying to go on with life. But he was having he had all these stuff pent up. Right. And I just thought that was interesting because let that have been a a bad breakup. Would all of his family and friends been at his door making him go to therapy, making him do probably not. Right. So then when I say we treat it differently, that's what I mean. Right. You got to. You know, you got people that, well, you got to deal with this. You got to feel the pain when it comes to grief of the death. But then you have those same friends ready to take you to the club instead of allowing you to, to feel as far as the breakup goes. So I put here, some of us take death hard and breakups lightly. I said, there's trends of treating breakups lightly. You know, it's plenty of fish in the sea. Have a backup. Celebrating breakups. I think this is all suppression. And let me... I think I shared this before. I'm going to say it again. When someone's grieving, it is not your responsibility to fix them at all. Um, I think it's the lack of grieving that people were trying. People try to fix, right? Um, as, as far as when I was talking about the the Spencer James and and the All American, he wasn't grieving. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They made him grieve, yeah. but if he was. If he broke up with his girlfriend and was severely heartbroken and he wasn't grieving about that, would they have made him, right? Is what right. I, is basically the point I was making. And I think when anyone is grieving, whether it's a breakup, a death in a family, or a loved one, it's like I said, though, whatever they want to do, if you love them, do it with them. So if they want to cry, cry with them. If they want to laugh and joke around, joke around and laugh with them. But what you cannot do is try to speed up their process of getting yeah. over it. Because yeah. you feel like, well, you're not being yourself. No, they are being themselves. Yeah. You're just not used to seeing them in this particular part of themselves. Yeah. But it's like you, it's the lack of uh, emotional intelligence. It's just 
you are so unaware that one day this will be you. Yeah. And you're going to want people to show up for you the way you want them to. Yeah. But for some reason, you're just not making the connection of you're not showing up for this person who's grieving right now because you're trying to make it about you. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, um, so when I was talking about, you know, the trends of breaking up, uh, the trends of how we take breakups lightly, like, you know, plenty of fish in the sea, you know, all of those things, celebrating a breakup, immediately going to the club, immediately, you know, yeah. doing all of those things. It made me take, it made me think about, okay, even as the person who's not heartbroken and as the friend or the family member of the, of the person that's heartbroken, like, how are we with that? It's not always about you're the heartbroken person Make sure you feel everything, blah, blah, blah. But also, you can be on the other side of this and be the best friend of the person that's heartbroken. And you're the one that's basically pushing them to, you know, oh, you over. good. Yeah. You you know, you pretty. You'll find another dude. Da, 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 da. It's like, are we good heartbreak supporters? Somebody told my grandmother, and they did a very good job of not telling me who it was. Somebody told my grandmother when my grandfather passed, Oh, you get over it. You've been a widow before. What? Yeah. <laughs> God. Said, oh, you've been a widow before, so it'll be all right. Let me let me help y'all understand something. Lack of emotional intelligence there. And just full of stupid stupidity. It's yeah. like, are you that unaware that someone is going through this that you trying to push them to who you know them to be on a daily basis. This whole person's world just changed. Right. What and what and this is what the crazy part about grieving. Their world has changed while the world around them is still going. Yeah. So you still have to go to work. Yeah. And grieve. You still have to show up yeah. and grieve. There is no everybody grieves differently. However, if you are a friend, if you are the best friend, it is your job to show up for them the way they need you to and shut the hell up. Yeah. Yeah. It's not about who they were before this happened. You need to show up to who they are right now. Yeah. It's not saying they won't get back to the person you knew. But right now, their world has changed. And for you to come in and pretend like your world is just perfect and they have to, their world has to match your world, that's selfish. That's ignorant. Like, right. it's not, the world doesn't revolve around you. Right. And it doesn't make, it's dismissive of the person's feelings, right? You know, right. to say um, you'll get over it. First of all, yeah, I probably will at some point where I'm okay. I guess, maybe not get over it, but I might be okay one day, yes, okay? Um, however, when a person is feeling bad about something, no matter what it is, um, but I would assume to the extent of a grief of a loss of a person, um, like for real, like death, that feeling right there is not worried about in three years from now, I'm going to be okay. They are feeling the moment right there. Like my daughter, she when she gets her hair done, she is very tender-headed, and she will be, like, acting crazy sometimes. Like, oh, this hurts, it hurts, it hurts. 
and I will always say, or her hairdresser will always say, we're almost done. And every single time one of us will say that, she will say, I don't care. It hurts. Right. Which makes sense. Because it's like, I don't care that I'm almost done. I don't care that you're on the last braid. It hurts right now. That's the only thing that I want to talk about. Right. Which makes sense. So to say, oh, I'm going to get over it. Yeah, that might be true, but it has nothing to do with anything. Right. The feelings is still there. The now is still there. And that's and that's probably the one of the biggest things I think that we forget is the now part. You know, we be so stuck on. That's why I think we go, oh, let me go chase the bag. Let me go chase the, this career. Let me go chase this because we so ready to get beat over it. Right. We're so yeah. ready to jump to a year from now. No, to, it's today is today. You're going to deal with today. You can't jump to a year from now. That's not how it works. You right. got to feel in that moment. Be in that moment. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. And I think that's, that's what we skip. You know, and, and we skip that. And like I said, are we, are, we heart, are we good heartbreak supporters? Because we always like to skip to, oh, let's go celebrate. Let's go act single. I've only been single for five hours. <laughs> I don't really feel single, but I'm going to go act it. I'm going to go here. I'm going to go. For what? We- I'm trying to jump to this person when i'm the now is here the now still needs to be addressed because we're in a world full of pretenders it's so easy to play pretend we've been doing this since we was kids and what we don't realize and you know i'm not saying there's nothing wrong to play pretend like we there's actors out there i'm an actor we play (laughs) pretend all the time however (laughs) if you are not careful that will go into your real life and real relationships and how you deal with grieving a loss I've gotten to the point in my life, I ain't pretending for anybody. Right. I refuse. Yeah. If I'm not feeling it, you gonna know. Yeah. If I'm not, don't wanna go, you gonna know. Yeah. But. But you have to be self-aware, right? Yeah. Um, Because like, I'll listen to you and the things that you'll say, and you sound extremely self-aware of yourself, but then you'll have some people who, they have no idea that they're, they didn't deal with their heartbreak. They have no idea that they're still affected by certain things. They have yeah. no idea that they are not handling their heartbreak correctly. They think that they're feeling things because they get a little sad here and there. But uh, uh, nope, got to go. Got to do this. Got to do that. Got to jump. Got to go. And they ain't dealing with anything. But they might think they are because they're succeeding outwardly. Yeah. Externally. Um, so I think, and that's, and I guess that's one of the reasons why we want to have conversations about this stuff, because a lot of the stuff that I'm realizing about myself, I'm realizing about myself, meaning there was a point in time where I didn't know. Right. So I, I think that's the whole point, right. Of this platform. That's the whole point of this podcast, the whole point of these discussions, because sometimes we don't know that we're self-sabotaging. We don't know that we're not grieving. We don't know that we're not being emotional. We think we're doing things, you know, we, we, we try to act like, um, what other people are doing doesn't affect us when it does. You know what right. I'm saying? A lot. There's a trend. How does a trend happen? A trend happens because people do what other people do. So we can't act like we're not doing what other people doing, but when we see that there's trends, the trend, a trend would never be a such thing as a trend if, if we didn't copy each other and do what every, everybody else does. Right. Um, so, yeah, I put here, this could be related to a substantial amount of singleness in our culture, or could it be related to, and I think I already said that, I think um, a lot of the stuff we talk about, obviously, is probably very high correlated with the singleness and the lack of marriages and the lack of marriages lasting and uh, the likelihood of us getting married, uh, those high percentages. Um, 
you know, especially in our culture, a lot, I think that this is, you know, one of the reasons. Um, and, you know, Dave said it earlier, like, you know, when I would get heartbroken, immediately, I didn't want to feel this again. Um, but it's the, our lack of feeling the heart, the heartbreak is what makes us not want to go through it again, which is mm -hmm. ironic, really, when you think about it. Like, I didn't feel, and I, did, I didn't allow myself to feel, but I know that I don't want to feel it again. How does that even work? Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I just think that's interesting. Um, studies show that women take it harder than men, uh, relationships, but there is a flip side to that, that women, um, they may take it harder than men, but we're, we supposedly come out a better person. Um, Ours is just delayed. We actually recover better than men, supposedly, according to the study. Um, and this is all, uh, I think this is, I, I want to say this. No, this wasn't Jay Shetty. This was a newer scientist that I was uh, looking at. And he, he, you know, he talked about studies that he's researched. And normally I would go to the actual study that they reference and look at it myself. I didn't this time. But, you know, it's just something to throw out there. I don't know if it's true or not. Um, basically, men, they don't take relationship uh, breakups as hard as women. But at the same time, they almost never recover from them. Which is crazy. Which to me, we, <laughs> which to me, we take it just as hard. Or it's yeah. just The timing is just delayed. It's delayed, or do you it basically are saying women recover from heartbreaks, men don't. So men we, more suppress, we and do. women more express. We we do. It's just y'all. It hits y'all at an earlier time. Men, our ego gets in the way. Like, yeah. all right, it is what it is. We moving on. Yeah. About two weeks later, <laughs> we are the most depressed. We are the most sad. Yeah. And we feeling everything because it's the, you don't know what you had until it's gone. Yeah. And so you miss the moments, you miss the thing. And so now we're just going through the motions. Yeah. And I, don't, I wouldn't say men don't recover. It just takes us longer to recover because the time is just delayed yeah. of when we chose to feel it or when yeah. it hit us. Yeah. So our 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 natural instinct as men is to be like, no, we good. Because I, I hear people all the time, especially men, they will talk about how men men literally take heartbreak way harder than women. So it's interesting that there are studies that show that women, but it's, you know, and that's why I said I normally go back and look at the study to see what factors yeah. they measured and stuff like that. And I didn't this time, um, which is part of the reason I needed more time this morning. It really wasn't that me being asleep. I just needed more time. To, yeah, yeah, so yeah. I, I kind of cut corners because I did this this morning instead of the day before like I normally do. Um, so, yeah, uh, I just thought that was interesting. I think, like you said, yes, yeah, delayed. Um, it might make sense that men work, take it way harder because they almost never recover or it takes them way longer to recover. To me, that means they take it way harder than us. You know, because you'll, you'll have men that say, and I don't know how true it is, but they'll say, like, women will jump to the next guy, you know, way quicker than a man will jump to the next woman as far as relationships. Yeah. So I don't know um, who takes it harder. We might all take it the same. Um, but if... We never recover, then you know, 
that uh, that's a bigger issue in itself. I just thought it was interesting to see like, oh, women take it harder, but we recover better, but men take it less hard, but they don't recover. It's all about that's very uh, interesting to It's all about to me. timing. It's the timing. Yeah, it's the timing. It does make sense. It does make sense. So I have a question. Um, and and this question I did not come up with myself. I think it's a it's a dope question. It came from my daughter's dad. Uh, I think he wanted to like start like this is a long time ago. He wanted to start like a little documentary where he interviews people and asks a specific question to get people's thoughts. So Dave, is it better to have had love and lost it, or not at all, or not have love at all? Have love and lost it. Why do you think it's better? Um, because you need to know whether you lost it or not. You're going to know what love feels like. You got to know. You have to know. Um, because there's no way in, in this world you can say that no one's ever cared about you. No one's ever shown up for you. Um, and so I think it is better to have love than lost because it means you're human. Yeah. But so what it, happens it means, when, so, so I guess what, what do you think the distinctive difference is as far as what's better, right? Because you lost the love, right? You had it, but you lost it. So right now you lost, right. you lost love that you had. Compare that feeling to not having love at all. So not having love at all, and my question would be, why would you want to go through life not knowing what love feels like? Not having love at all. That's not living. Yeah. You're not living, you're not even building relationships. Yeah. You're literally a robot. You're a machine maneuvering in this world. Yeah. But to love means you you have some sort of life in your body. Yeah. And you are going out in the world and you are trying. Yeah. You're trying. That's yeah. what that is. That's why I believe it's better. Yeah. Because it proves that you are human. It proves that you are human that feels. And it proves that you are out in this world trying to make something happen. Yeah. There's no way you can go through this life trying and not feel love at some point. Yeah. Now, will you lose it? Yeah, that's life. You, yeah. You're going to lose some people you love, whether it's way later in life and, you know, it's they pass away and you're grieving that, or something happens between you two and the friendship, the relationship is just broken and so, you're going to grieve that. So just imagine yourself like imagine yourself and how that would feel to have love and lost right and then imagine yourself as far as how you would feel to not even experience love so you don't experience loss do you right. think that type of pain is the same or do you think one feels worse than the other um, and and it feeling worse than the I other think, is not an indication of what's better either. Right. I'm just this is a different question. I think I think it's of course it's gonna feel worse when you have love then and then lost. It's gonna be way worse. Yeah. Because you don't know what it feels to lose the love yeah. if you don't love at all. Yeah. So how do you know what 
what that's going to feel like. And that's why I think it's a dope question. Because and when you're thinking about the feeling, the question changes a little bit for you because it's like, for me, as far as better, me, the person that I'm trying to grow into, would say what Dave said initially. But me right now and knowing myself and how I numb myself and how I refuse to feel and how, you know, all of these things that I'm working on, it's better to not get love at all to me because I'm not feeling bad about it. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I guess that's the whole point of the whole episode today is, yes, it feels worse. But again, you're not living. You're not growing. You're creating a narrative that doesn't get you to where you want to go. I can't say I'm the type of person that wants traditional marriage, wants a relationship, wants a long-term relationship, wants a family, white picket fence and all of that stuff. But I'm, the, I'm also the type of person that says, I don't want to love at all. You know what right. I'm saying? I'd rather not. So you can't, you have to understand, like, you're the type of person that you want a relationship, you want a marriage, but you advocate not loving. You advocate right. is putting a fish in the sea. You advocate not feeling things. Um, when that's just the complete opposite of what is going to actually get you to where you want to go as far as getting into relationships and um, actually fulfilling relationships if allowing yourself to feel and be. So I just think it's a dope question because, again, I completely disagree with Dave to, me, to Jazzy I am today. It's better to not have love at all because I don't got to feel any of the stuff that we talked about today, which sucks really badly. And it sucks way worse because, honestly, my last relationship prior to high school, before, if, I, if I'm excluding high school and it's only my adulthood, my last relationship was the only time I experienced love, real love, where it's like a genuine pain to have lost it. So before he came along, I was cool. If all the breakups, I was good. I, I didn't really affect me like that. Honestly, though. So when I look back on that, I was fine. I wasn't. Knowing me now, me being emotionally intelligent now, me being self-aware of me doing introspection, before my previous relationship, I was in the worst shape. Uh, but at the time, I thought I was doing, you know, I'm good. I've never been in love. I ain't never cried over no dude. I used to brag about that. I ain't never, ain't nothing, never made me cry. I've always been good, Gucci. And that's the thing, though. That's how you know you are fully functioning as a human being. Yeah. Because there's, if everything is good all the time, something's wrong. Yeah. But the moment you feel the heartbreak, the moment you feel the pain, that's when you know you are functioning right. Yes. Yes. Which is why yes. I say it's better. I do not want to go through this life. Yes. It, it has to be better, but being, it's just not it, at the same time. And <laughs> it sucks. But however, because I know how I love and I love unconditionally. Yeah. And I expect that from everybody else. Yeah. I... Seeing the way that I show up for people and yeah. how they feel when I do, yeah, there's no better feeling than that. Yeah. Because I love people. I don't like all of them. Yeah. But I love them. Yeah. So if I need to show up, I'm showing up. And yeah. that makes people feel so good. And it makes me feel good when those who I know unconditionally love me and yeah. check on me and make sure I'm good. Like yeah. Jazzy will tell you. 
you can call me at one o'clock in the morning. Yeah. I'm picking up. What's going on? Yeah. What do you need? Yeah. Because I'm I love people like that, especially yeah. my people. Yes. And those people will at some point, if not already, hurt me. Yeah. And I may say something or not. But the point is, that's how I know I'm fully functioning right is because right. not everything is great. Not yeah. everything is perfect. Yeah. Not everything is right. Right. So emotions are up and down, um, meaning your life is going to be up and down. Your feelings is going to be up and down. Your thoughts are going to be up and down. So if it's all just stagnant plateau, something going on, something ain't being dealt with. Something is being suppressed. Um so, yeah, I guess that's the, that's the message for today. To allow yourself to feel, man. Feel, feel, feel. Feel express all Express over expression over suppression. Yes. And we're going to take a quick break because <laughs> the way my bladder is right now. <laughs> woo. That was, the, that was the end of that segment, though. But we can, uh, that was a great talk, though. That was. Great talk. Great conversation. This next segment is called Did That Really Happen? <laughs> and um, I want to talk about this one young lady. Uh, when y'all listen to this, of course, this will be old news, but I don't care. Um, I just want us to give our opinions on it. Okay. This young lady named Carly. I didn't ever, I ain't looking to this story yet. Oh, my yeah, so Lord. educate me. So, beautiful young black woman. Um, let's just start from the top. Okay. Uh <laughs> let's see, let's see, let's see. Where did, was it? All right. So what happened? Carly Russell was at work. She's uh Birmingham, Alabama. That's where this all happened. She got off at 8:20 p.m. on July 13th. Stopped and got some food, whatever. At 9:34 p.m. She calls 911, says that she sees a sighting of a child on the road, walking on the road. She calls her brother's girlfriend and says she was stopping to check on the child. And then, like, in the middle of the call, she lost contact with her brother's girlfriend. But the phone was still, I guess she was still on the call. And the girlfriend said she then heard what they thought was somebody scream, followed by traffic noise. Um, and according to like the traffic cameras, they saw like uh, Carly Russell has stopped on the side of the road. Um, now, fast forward, people think she's missing, like sends out an alert, uh-huh. all the things. So she wasn't um, missing? We'll get to that. Oh, okay. Um, Local, state, and federal law enforcement, the FBI, got involved. Uh, they joined the family the friends. The FBI? The family and friends <laughs> oh, went out on this wide search to find this girl. Um, where the heck was this girl at? To the point where, like, everybody, it was, like, on the shade room, celebrities posting all these things. Uh-huh. An anonymous donor put forth $20,000 and Crime Stoppers put an additional uh, $5,000 reward to find her to just make sure she's safe, yeah. right? 
all of a sudden, three, when was it? <laughs> July 15th, two days later. She Wait, returns. This is two days after what? She after was... she goes missing. So it was two whole days that she I was I thought missing. she wasn't even allowed to report somebody missing until after then. Two days later, July 15th. That's already don't even make sense. But. Carly returns home <laughs> on foot. I don't know why I'm laughing. I just feel like this is funny. Oh, it's hilarious. She just come home casually use the key? Now, of course there has to be an investigation because this thing done blew up. Parents on the news saying somebody done took their kid, their daughter, Everybody searching, making posts, all that. They look at the surveillance footage. And um, they saw, you know, she called and said that somebody had reported. She made a call that she saw a child on the road. Surveillance footage shows there is no child on the road at all. So who called about the child being on the road? She did. And who child was it? There was no child. But who what child was she claiming it was? Just it, a random child? It was child? a random child. So how does that have to do with her disappearance, I guess, is what I'm trying to so understand. So they're, they're trying to say the child was a decoy for somebody to snatch her up. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. got you. Okay. So. But, but there wasn't no child. So what the. So, okay. They looked at the surveillance Ooh, footage, my brain right? Hurt, my brain hurt. Um. They said she was, like, reportedly, reportedly in a state of shock. Now, let me pause there and say this. Everybody responded the way they were supposed to. Like, people were concerned about this girl. Um, and I really hope this doesn't, like, desensitize us to be, like, somebody missing they lying. I really hope that doesn't happen. Well, I think... Because niggas be lying, we know. Again, but, it doesn't make sense because there is a legal... Legally, you can't report anyone missing it, until after a certain amount of time. And this is why. This is the reason why there's a law in place. Well, so the whole story doesn't make sense this, to me. This went out. It got too big. It was just at this point, you got to go look for the girl. Um, and I think the way they said it, she, the way they set up the story was like, we heard her on the phone. We heard screaming. So they probably was just like, all right, we got to go find this girl. So... Oh, because they actually thought that she was taken. So yes, that's different. They that might thought be different. She was, yeah. Yeah, okay. That makes sense. So, like I said, they had to investigate. Y'all, this girl, they went through her phone and her computer. <laughs> this is where it gets funny. They found internet searches that are very relevant to the case on her phone and her laptop. They found on July 11th, she searched on the internet, do you have to pay for an Amber Alert or search? What? That's just the beginning. Uh, on the day of her alleged abduction, she searched how to take money from a register without being caught. She also searched for a one-way bus ticket from Birmingham to Nashville departing that day. She then searched. This is where I got weak because I'm like, you really did your research on this. She searched for the movie Taken. 
So she made this up. She wanted to. For, okay, so what was the reason? She made it all up. Why? She didn't give an answer. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. She didn't give an answer she did not why. Hide it with, within my slack. And you're right. <laughs> she did not give a reason. They won't even let the girl talk. They said. <laughs> they said until the girl is in a good mental state, she will not be saying anything. We need to actually assess your brain real quick to make when sure you don't have a mental disorder. Because this is a mental disorder. What's happening There here? was no child. There was... They went through the girl's phone. And... Okay. Because I'm, I'm baffled by this. I'm right? also, like, salty because I'm like, nigga, I prayed for you. Like, that was a wasted prayer. Like, what... God knew he, you know. <laughs> I'm like, God, you could have gave me them three minutes back. Like, could have told me, like, yeah, she. Like, uh -uh, this is a waste of prayer. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> but like, I know where she is. Don't. I know exactly where she is. It, it's and cool. She knows exactly where she is. Yes, she is. does. She knows. She's back. She knows exactly what she's doing. <laughs> Her and Jesse Smollett got a thing. So on. what the parents say? There's no interviews with the parents or nothing? They still believe somebody took their child. And brought her back? And brought her back. <laughs> okay, so her mental disorder is, she got it honest. Okay, got it. I, listen, people. So that's we, what the whole uproar is about. Because people was going off about her. And I'm like, what happened? She got like, fired from her, even. she got fired from her job. Looked into it. Got fired from her job. Which, if I was her boss, I'd fire her too. Because I'm like, something's wrong. Yeah. And you can't be working can't, here doing that. <laughs> and um, I just, you know, people are so interesting. Because it's like, I've always said this, and I still believe it to be true. If you're going to be stupid, at least be smart about it. Yeah. You Googled all this stuff. The day before and the day of. And then you went as far as like getting out of your car and leaving it running. Pretending you know like. What? That's probably why she did it to be famous. She wanted to be, she probably wanted to be known. You want attention. <laughs> she wanted to be famous. You want attention. Nobody's giving it to you. Your life is boring. So yeah. you wanted to do this, which means you need mental help. Yeah. I think that was on like one of those crime shows, like Criminal Minds or something. They found the serial killer and like everything. When they found the serial killer, they found out that the serial killer wanted to be found. And they basically found out they was doing it's all a game. this just to be a known person. It's a game. To be like them. a legendary, legendary. And I just, I really That's want. That's First of all, it made me realize I'm not in tune with the Lord as I thought I was. Because I wish he would have told me, hey. <laughs> This ain't what you think it is. Go ahead and go back. Fame, to fame could be a mental disorder. Go, go. Fame is an addiction. Fame is a drug. Of course, it's a drug. The moment, what you mean? All the attention I was getting during this movie run was like, yeah, it's an adrenaline rush. Like yeah. it makes sense. But I have a, a a cure for it. It's called um, I don't like people. So, <laughs> and I don't like. Yeah, I just don't like people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that really happened. 
are, <laughs> that really happened. Um, very interesting. Listen, if you want attention, go see a therapist. <laughs> they give you all the attention. If you want, way more than you actually want. If you want like, attention, become, what's wrong with just become, posting on social media like everybody? I was else. just about to say, <laughs> become, try to buy, go viral. <laughs> become a content creator. Do something like. There's so many ways now you can get attention. Do dumb stuff. There's, yeah. there's, there was a, 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 this challenge where white people was falling off of tall things into a tree and plummeting to the ground because they thought it was fun. Went viral many a times. I'm not saying do that because white people crazy. But I'm saying, like, you could think of something. But I don't know. This might have been a little smart move because, listen. Ain't nothing smart money, about this. You make money off of stuff like this. Not her. She's going to jail. This is against the law. Okay, so let me tell you something. You can go to jail. And, and you still can still make money. make money. I get it. Here's the thing. You sell your life. But they ain't, getting no, they ain't giving that black girl money for that. Not this black family. We'll see. Because it ends up being documentaries. Who do you think makes them? Who Anybody makes the can money make a money? documentary. I can make a documentary People about it right now. People pick up stories like this. I can make a documentary. People pick up stories like this and create money from it all day. This is but a she money ain't story. See it. She would have to give. She, I mean, if she doesn't have good representation, if she doesn't have a lawyer, if she doesn't have somebody in place that will make sure she gets things. You know what I'm saying? Because she has to sell her story. Girl, I'm sure there is a way for people to do it without her. That girl ain't but she can up. sell her story. She can that sell this story. That girl ain't. It's already a story. And what's there to sell? But I'm sure. See, I'm trying to tell you. I'm people sure will, will watch this stuff. People will watch I'm sure they will. about this stuff. I will definitely watch this documentary and exactly. laugh my butt off. That don't mean she getting money from it. She could. Because people do this stuff. I'm trying to tell you. People do this stuff. So it makes sense. <laughs> I don't know if she was looking that deep into it, like, oh, I can, I can make money off of this. People just be wanting fame and without the money. I don't know. But I don't at even the same think time, she was looking for fame. I think she's looking. The girl just need help. I don't even know like what would prompt you to even do this. But it is what it is. I think it? she was looking for fame. What else? Would, what else would it be? I don't know. She probably want attention. Maybe not fame. She probably want attention from her mom or daddy. Somebody ain't giving it to her that she wanted from. So, I mean, that I might know. be the root, but we're just talking about the surface level of what she's doing now. It just seems like she wanted to be known. Well. And she did a good job. She succeeded. Well. Good job. I want to see, if I would have known they was giving $25,000 to find that girl, I would have went to, <laughs> to Birmingham myself and looked for that. Birmingham ain't that big. So, yeah. <laughs> this is why I don't even read into stories like this. If stories that go viral really underway me. I, I just rather not even. I just thought it was funny. I'm like, this girl thought of it. Not all, because it. I just want to know, like, at, when did you decide to go home? Like, what made you want to go home? Like, mm. you know, it's just like that movie Gone Girl. Instead of divorcing her her husband, she pretended she died and they, got kidnapped and all of that. People do stuff like this. They do, but I'm like, <laughs> what what made you want to go home? Like, oh, it's cold out here, or I'm hungry, so I'm gonna go home. Like, yeah. I don't, whatever. It yeah, was really none of my business. Shout However, out to Carly girl, you, I, you got what you wanted. <laughs> I, I'm not shouting you out. Something wrong. Go get help. That's what I'll tell you. <laughs> she will in prison. She probably will. She do it the right way. You can get help in prison. 
Yeah, you could. But I don't know. I'm going to pray for you, though. <laughs> I'm about to say, I'll it probably wasn't you. a wasted prayer. Because I'll pray for you. No. I think she needed prayer. And no. Just not, not need that to be prayer. found. Not, she didn't need to be found. That was a waste but of prayer. But she kind of probably needed to be found internally. But I'll pray for you now for your mental health, girl, because <laughs> you need it. For sure. Anyway, thank y'all. Thank y'all. For tuning in to the episode. We love y'all. Tune back in. Join the Patreon. All that thing. Like, share, subscribe. Like, share, subscribe if you love our content. Listen, we are about to really hit the ground running. Especially about to see our faces a lot. Yes. Um, Prepare to be sick of us. We are. Sure. We, we trying to build this thing, man. And so, all right. We love y'all. We not but for real. We out. Peace. Nah, what's for real? Tell me how I feel. We on the fire. Tell me what's the deal.